run at it shouting. Do as he says, run at it shouting. Welcome everyone. If you're new to run it, it's shouting. Welcome. This started up less than a year ago. It was meant to be something quite small. We were doing a, a few talks with the people in the industry that I, I liked, like um, our first guest was Mike Lee. And then we, we had uh, Bruce Robinson and Amara Santi on, and it's just escalated from there really. And now we're doing all sorts of fun stuff. The, the first two people I reached out to were Mike Lee and Philip Ridley. Neither of them had a clue who I was. I wrote uh, them an email each and basically they both got back to me and were very forthcoming. And Mike Lee decided to, to come on and do a Q&A and uh, Phil said, you know, give me a call, but I'm not, I'm not doing Zoom because I don't do Zoom. <laughs> uh, so if anyone that is here that does know Phil, they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but that said, I've been doing these regular Pinter weekly they're not workshops they're like kind of gatherings in appreciation of Harold Pinter with a guy called Harry Burton who is on this grid and is a close or was a close friend of the, the great late Harold Pinter and that again was uh, I met I met Harry at drama school and we'd done a play together and uh, that was meant to be um, a one-off and here we are approaching our 38th week and we've had guests on like Douglas Hodge, Charlie Cox and um, uh, and ha Henry Wolfe is a regular who's Harold Pinter's best and uh, oldest friend. And then uh, Pinter's one of my favourite writers, that's why we've done it and I always wanted to do something with Philip Ridley because I absolutely love his work. So here we are on our second week and I've nicked Harry's slogan and we're calling it Working with Philip Ridley. <laughs> So on the second session of working with Philip Ridley, we have Joseph Potter here, who has just starred in Phil's latest masterpiece, The Poltergeist, which I had the chance to see it twice when it first aired and when it's most recently aired. I loved it both times. It was fantastic. I've also read it. I'm a huge fan. I'm a big fan of the We Are Tramp monologues as well, which are up and online and they're free to the world as a gift and you should definitely check that out uh, wearetramp.com there's uh, 15 monologues i think joe isn't there yeah and and joe's is star which was incredibly well received i mean they're brilliant but look we'll get we'll get on to that and um we'll, we'll hear from joe and i'll shut my big mouth so um the way, the way it'll go is um me and joe are going to have a chat i've got lots that i want to ask you joe and then hopefully there'll be time right at the end that we can do a little bit of an open q a mm. uh, i'm aware that you done mercury fur right at guild hall and um Phil came, is that where you met Phil? Had you, had you heard of Phil or did he just turn up? Because I mean, Mercury Fur at Guild Hall, in my opinion, just is crazy. I mean, I can't believe they would put on Mercury Fur, but, but they had, they did. And you played Darren. And, yeah. And how was that? It, I mean, it was, 
it was an amazing experience and it came about really weirdly. So they, the Guildhall, so they do this thing every year, Guildhall, where they kind of do this thing called Barbican Collaborate, where the students can put on their own play. And the year, a couple of years above us, they put on their own production of Mercury Fur at Guildhall. Um, just like in a space, kind of very bare and just did it. And, um, and everyone, ever since they did it, the rumor kind of spilled throughout Guildhall about how good this show was. And I was like, what? I, I, and I didn't know who Phil was at the time and I didn't know the play Mercury Fur. And then I remember one day, this was when I was in second year at Guildhall, um, my mate came in and he looked really unwell. And uh, he came in and I was like, mate, are you all right? And he went, yeah, mate, yeah, I'm okay. I just, I just, I just finished this play and I feel really sick. <laughs> and <laughs> he was just, he, he just looked completely changed. And I was like, what, what's the play? Like what play has made you, you know, made you look like this? And he was like, Mercury Fur. So I went, oh, okay. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this play. And he was like, okay, read it, but you have to read it in one sitting. And I sat and took myself, I sat and took myself um, outside Guildhall near the Barbican near Lakeside. It's quite a nice setting actually. Quite, probably too nice for a Philip Ridley play. Um, and I read this play in its entirety and I felt, I don't, I don't even know what I felt. It was just a, a kind of bombardment. I did, it was, it was just like I was kind of being attacked from every angle, but it, it was, it's an assault on your kind of, I don't know, emotions or, or just everything really. And it, it was just such an astounding piece. And I, 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 as soon as we were, we were begging when we got into our third year, we were begging, we what we begged the teachers to, to put on this play. And when we found out that we were going to be putting it on, I was like, I was begging to be in it. I was just, I, I did, I didn't really know who I wanted to play. Um, I think I, I think instantly I really wanted to play Elliot, and then I found out I got Darren, and I was I was I was really I was really really happy. <laughs> I mean I think it's such a I think it's such an amazing play and for anyone that knows the play, they'll kind of know what I'm talking about in terms of its the assault of it, and 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 Darren is such a <laughs> such a crazy character. He goes I I think he goes through probably the one of the biggest journeys throughout the piece. It's kind of a coming of age of him and a, and a maturing. And, and that's, yeah, and that's how I met Phil was through that. And did, I, did I remember- Did then for the first time then? That was, a, it was at your, was it a graduation piece or anything? And Phil turned up to that or had you met, met him before? He, we, we met him, um, he came in. I couldn't believe that he was coming in. Um, John, the director had said that Phil's gonna come in um, and just, kind of answer any questions we've got about the production and so there's me like kind of scribbling kind of fake questions like oh god I need to come across like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> to Phil and he came in and it was you know he's he's such an amazing character well he's just such an amazing person he's just he's just a kind of bundle of energy and and, and genius really uh, it was it was so amazing meeting him and, and he sat and he he read his poetry with us and answered our questions and and it all kind of took off from there really what was that like what was it reading when he started reading his poems i mean i think that 
I think reading his poems, it was a real kind of like, I don't think we could have done the play without it. Mm. I think it really, having him read it and listening to him, it really gives you a clue and inkling into what the piece needs and what, and what also what the writer demands from you as mm. the actor. Um, kind of the energy that he would read his pieces with. And also the kind of, certainly this related to Mercury Fur, and I think it relates to his other pieces, the way in which he kind of glides over this kind of brutalist language. Mm. Um, and the way that he kind of, he was kind of skating over this kind of really gruesome piece of poetry with such elegance. And it, that kind of pers perfectly personified his writing for me, the way that, you know, you've got the juxtaposition of the beauty and then the, the kind of grottiness like of, you know, that and that that for me was like a real like, OK, that's how I need to do this play. Great. He, uh, when, when Matthew Lloyd came on a couple of weeks ago, um, who, who for those of you who don't know, he, he directed his first five plays. He said that he he like gave him some of his notebooks or something and they were full of scribbles or something. Did, did, did you get to see any of Phil's notebooks? He's kind of, he's teased them to me, but I've never really, I think that's something more for the directors. I don't know if he'd no. really allow me to see his notebooks as such. I feel like I'd love to see them. I reckon, I think he's like kind of teased them to me, but I don't feel like I could expand and be like, oh yeah, Phil's notebooks. I reckon my director, Veebs, who I've worked with a lot and who's worked with Phil a lot, I reckon she will know exactly what you're talking about. We're going to get Veebs on actually in a, in a couple of weeks, I think. We're just waiting to confirm a date. So um, Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll... There you go. She'll know about the notebooks. <laughs> All right, cool. I mean, I, I, I still can't get my head around uh, Guild Hall uh, doing Mercury Fur as a graduation piece, but they, I mean, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's kind of very, it's, it, it was very anti kind of Guild Hall, really. Kind of yeah, really I mean, juxtaposed not... everything that they did. Yeah, and JAMA schools in general, from my experience, maybe, maybe I'm a bit dated because it's been 10 years since I've been at drama school, but I mean, it's, I just think it's brilliant that they've done Mercury Fur. I wonder if this, the students like put their foot down and had something to do with that, because I mean... I, I think, yeah. I don't know. I think, I, think it may, I think it makes sense. Like, it's a play that is majority, like, the, the majority of the cast... Is our, was our age, do you know what I mean? Like we were the age in which like, so yeah. Darren and Elliot, you know, they're probably, you know, 17. Yeah. Okay, I was probably, I was older than that. I was probably about 20-ish, but they're that age. So, and, and at drama school, you kind of, you, sometimes you get so cast in the kind of, you're playing these kind of mid thirties roles and you're like early twenties yeah. and you're talking about marriage. Yeah, I'm like, I, think, I, don't, I don't have a bloody Scooby. Yeah, <laughs> I'd uh, rather talk about the, you know, I'd rather talk about brothers like in yeah. Mercury Fur or. Oh, we lost him. We were worried this might happen. But I completely get what, oh, he's back, he's back. There we go. That's, uh, that's, that's the start of Philip Ridley. <laughs> that's how a Philip Ridley would start. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's about you know with brothers and stuff like that it's 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 more 
I feel like that is far more what I know than I don't know what I don't know when I'm asked to do a piece of Chekhov. Yeah, walk, yeah, doing Uncle Vanya with some cotton wool on your cheeks. Anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, moving on. So, what happened? Uh, so, you done you done the performance? Did he did he come and see it and 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 take us take us from there? So he, he did. Yeah, and I, I actually I'll go back actually as well to the I remember the when the first time he saw us do the run. And kind of he's he's kind of sat in the chair in the rehearsal room and he, he didn't say a word. Oh. <laughs> it was just so like you're so torturous. <laughs> you didn't know whether he'd he'd liked it or not. And he really he really didn't let on really. And I think I think I thought he knew. I think I think I knew that he liked it. I think, and I remember he he came. I think he's. I think I think he might have seen it twice when we did it at Guildhall. Um, mm. And I remember he just came backstage, and he, he just gave me a hug. And um, he came he came to me and he just said he just kind of held me and looked at me really intensely and just said, "Well done, Joe." And that was that was that was kind of it, really. And um, then. I, did, I, did, I didn't really know. Like, I'd never thought I would work with Phil again. And that's not because I didn't want to. I just thought, oh, I've done my mm. Philip, you know, I did that play and it was really amazing. And you, you never, as an actor, you never kind of, you never know what's coming around the corner. And mm. I remember like a few days later, my, um, my director came up to me and said, um, Phil said one day he'd love to see you play Cosmo in Pitfall Disney. And I and and then I was like, oh wow, that's really, that's really cool. <laughs> and so um, I'm putting that out there for anyone. <laughs> so that's still got to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but then since then we've managed to do a few other bits as well. Yeah, I mean I can definitely see you as Cosmo. I'd um, love to do it. So so he got in so so how much time passed before you got what was it a call or email about the, the beast of blue yonder tell us about that so i re, i remember hearing that it was coming on mm. and i and i i think i sent i actually sent my agent a message saying this show's coming on the new philip ridley i've just worked with him I'd, you know i'd love to work with him again and i don't I, th I think my agent followed it up, um, but I didn't hear back for ages. And that was like, wait, so I'd kind of completely forgotten about it. And then I found out that I'd had the audition and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to prep this thing, go in, had the audition. And I went in and I met the director and they said, um, they said, oh, you were recommended to us by Phil. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and I had no clue. And, and, he, and then they said, oh, I can see why Phil likes you. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, amazing. So it was just, it's, I don't know, Phil, <laughs> Phil didn't really let on too much, really. It was kind of, it all kind of just happened and it slowly, slowly right. spiralled. And it's so, it's so nice to have someone looking out for you like that. Yeah, I bet. Um, well, for those of you who don't know, the Beast of Blue Yonder, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, 
was meant to go ahead in April. So when lockdown was just kicking off and it was cancelled due to lockdown. And yeah, it just got cancelled. It was a cast of 15, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that must be tough. You know, you get your first gig and it's cancelled. Or your first gig with Phil out of drama school. Yeah. So when, was, did, yeah. when did you graduate? Oh, God, it must have been maybe two years ago now, maybe. Two years ago. Okay, so you yeah. just missed it. And then you've had, you've kind of just a year out and of non-lockdown life. Yeah, I, was pro- I think at that point it was probably about 10 months or so, maybe less. Nine to right. 10 months probably out of drama school. And then, and, yeah. Wow. And then you've got this job. And yeah, <laughs> within two weeks, I hear, or something like that. Yeah, I was, I was ready to go. And, you know, we were working on this play and I remember reading it and again, just kind of being bowled over by how kind of Phil once again kind of flipped, you know, kind of flipped my expectations again of what, it, what I thought it was going to be or what, because you, you know, haven't worked with him before or read a, quite a lot of his plays by this time. I'd started to kind of figure out what I thought stylistically it is. And then he flipped it again with this. And <laughs> it's, I mean, I won't spoil it too much because hopefully one day it will come on again. Yeah. Um, we'll be able to get it on. But it's kind of this crazed um, overarching storyline that's set in multiple locations in multiple time zones. Now with something like Mercury Fur, you know, you've got the kind of craziness, but it all goes on in one room and it's real time. Uh-huh. Whereas I didn't think a Philip Ridley play could get any more mental. <laughs> so then he bloody put it over all these different time zones and everything. Wow. And so, um. yeah, and we, we were prepping for that. And, and the way it was rehearsing, we, we, we hadn't really all managed to kind of be in the room at the same time because the, they were being, we were rehearsing in, in, our, in our strands, essentially, of the story. So we'd kind of stopped before we'd even started. It was, it, it was, you know, it's, it, it was, it's really, you know, and, and we didn't know, we didn't know at that point that we'd kind of be where we are now, you know, we're still in the bloody lockdown. Yeah, um, exactly. And but then, what, yeah. But what did Phil do after, I mean, that, I mean, it was within a week, right? He, he wrote monologues for the entire cast. Well, yeah, on that, that same day that, we'd we'd finished he sat down like we sat down and jack our producer said you know this is gonna unfortunately we're not gonna be able to go ahead and we'd all kind of wondered what was going to happen because of the looming coronavirus crisis but then he said but what we're going to do is we're gonna phil is going to write everyone in the cast a monologue and we're going to release them online for people to watch and then they can donate money and then we'll you know we, and hopefully we can do with that what we can um and then that's when um the beast will rise will come out it's that sense <laughs> that sense of hopefully one day we'll put this thing on and it was oh it was so it it was it was a really kind of amazing thing that really kind of kept me going i think kept a lot of other people going just to <laughs> You know, it, that was probably the only, well, the only creative thing that I managed to do in the lockdown. Mm. And, and it, yeah, and it got it, he, 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 it was bloody hard work. He made me work bloody hard for that. 
How, how did, well, I can imagine, stars terrific. That's, the, that's what the monologue's called. The Beast Will Rise is what the series of monologues is called on the We Are Tramp website, which you can all watch. But I mean, how did you, how did you rehearse it? Over Zoom or what? Yeah, it was all over Zoom, that one. And it was all, that was all in my parents' house in lockdown one. Right. It, it was kind of the most surreal experience of kind of, I was given this m mountain monologue, probably one of the hardest things that I'm, I'm, I'm ever going to have to do, or what I thought would be at that time. Yeah, yeah we'll get there, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> and I'm having to learn it and do it in my bedroom. It's that kind of running joke that the actor gets. Um, I got it at a drama school, and I think other people do it, where you're like, oh, you know, the actor always does their best acting in their bedroom. And, it, and here I, I was having to. <laughs> and oh, I mean, yeah, it, and it, it's so weird. And also we'll get into it, but Phil, because Phil doesn't have Zoom, you don't, I didn't get that much direct contact with him. So everything would be Phil direct to me. And then I would have occasional phone calls. What like anyone who knows Phil knows about the Phil phone calls. <laughs> where you'd be kind of chatting and trying to rinse out every bit of knowledge from him um, about this monologue. Um, and there would be, there were so many decisive moments where I think, you know, so many things where I think I was getting the monologue right. And then so many things where it just, you know, it wouldn't click and Phil would be like, no, this moment, it's not, this is what you've got to play. And he's, yeah, it was it was a it was a mad it was a mad mad time, but it's one that I'm so grateful for. And yes. in a weird way, it's you know without a. I mean, for me, it's one of the it's the one of the it's the the silver lining from, of the past year. You know, I wouldn't be able to do any of this without, weirdly, without this crisis, which is odd. Yeah. Well, you know, it's um, that's why that's why I wanted to get you on, really, because I think it's good to hear um, how you know you you've come out smelling the roses despite all of the um, <laughs> all of the, the 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 shit going on. Sorry, I'm rubbish for my words sometimes, but they are. <laughs> um, Me too, mate. <laughs> Well, I will say, so I, I, I mean, I watched Star. It's a, it's a really out there character. It's impressive, mate. Um, and um, did he give you like any, I don't know, music or something? What, did, what, did, how did he help you prepare for it? it? It was, I mean, yeah, he did. He did. It was a, it was, it was a really interesting in actually. He, um, I don't, I, I mean, for so for the piece because it's such. It was, um, it's like, if you had A4, it was like, I think it was about 15 pages of A4, 12 to 15 pages of A4. And every page is just chocker full of text. You know, like for the first, so there's, the way that he broke it down to me is there would be three sections. Um, the beginning section is kind of the lover's song. And he said that that should sound and feel like Greece. So like, so he'd be down the phone to me going, we come together like you. So, and that, that's what he said he wanted it to sound and feel like. So I was like, oh, okay. 
Um, and then the middle section where, and you see it in the text, if you look at it on a page, that's when it kind of turns. And, it, and he said that this is the drum solo. And that's when the text is just for about eight pages. It's just continuous text, no paragraphs, nothing. It's just and it's the drum. It's the complete drum solo, and then you've got the kind of percussion and the you know the rhythm variation and his kind of sounds and the way that he plays with the words within that. So. It's it's not a it's not a one tone solo. It's got so many different kind of heights and elements and things to play with, and that was that was really fun. And it's it was so daunting, and it's so it's so uh, because Phil's to me when I hear and when I play with Phil's work, to me I know what it should sound like. Um, I know I know when I'm off the rhythm and when I'm on it. So when I can't get it, I get so frustrated. I'm like, oh, I'm not hitting that rhythm right, or I'm not getting that sound, or I'm not. And he's so particular in his words, like the way he'll like italicize certain words just within this kind of massive barrage of text. And it really gives you the sense of, you know, what he's trying to get you to achieve. And then mm. the last section after this kind of, you know, you can imagine this, this kind of eight page drum solo, what happens at the end? <laughs> classic kind of ah! yeah <laughs> and then there's the kind of silence so that that really helped me and I think that kind of I, th I think it helped me in poltergeist and actually probably to a degree sometimes hindered me because <laughs> I was I loved the way that he broke that down with the rhythm so I tried to kind of assign myself rhythms in the in the poltergeist or like assign myself like sections that so it just that little in that he gave really really helped me and, and it gives you a clue into his brain as well yeah i mean his use of language is is, is like a firework display isn't it it is it's a pyrotechnic yeah, yeah. um and uh it reminds me of that bit in the poltergeist where you're riffing off um all of them <laughs> The uh, art movements. 20th century art movements. I mean, only Phil could write that. So many of my friends have been like, do you still remember that? Because that, <laughs> that you, need, you need that as a party trick just to be able to like rattle it off. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, like, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, yeah, only, it's so much, I mean, we'll get onto the pop guys, but. Yeah, I saw a, I saw a quote of Phil's that says, feel the words in your mouth like diamonds, then spit them out like bullets. And I, yes, think, yes. And I, think, I think that that resembles that to a T. Um, we have to carry on talking about the Beastful Ways because you did do a socially distanced theater festival or something, didn't you? Yeah. What, what was that about? Because that must've been the first of its kind. It was, yeah, it was called the New Normal Festival. Yeah, that was it. Um, we did it, oh God, I can't remember what, lockdown just becomes this whole massive blur. I don't even know what month it was. I'm just gonna call it lock, it's just lockdown now, isn't it? <laughs> Late lockdown, um, we did in the summer, we did a the thing called the New Normal Fest where they took five of the monologues um, and we performed them at, in this, gorgeous old building in, in Wandsworth outside in the courtyard. Um, 
and and that that was I mean it kind of felt like it came full circle and it felt like things you know were were being like driven forward you know to do star um you know into my phone like this um in my bedroom where I'd, I'd, I'd it was in my bedroom and I had like a a black bed sheet hung up behind me and lights on me to make it look like it was just mental and then now to be doing it kind of outside in a courtyard <laughs> it was like really <laughs> amazing but also so strange to be like god is this this is theater now but that's yeah. what theater is as long as we've got some sort of witness or audience then you know we will we'll do it and and that's that's a testament to Phil and you know all the team that worked on these plays is it, you know he really he, he he never said no he will not st- he's like no man I've ever known in terms of he he just doesn't stop and it's so inspiring and I've had conversations with him and he said to me that you know his other collab- other collaborators well not other collaborators sorry other artists and people that he know he's spoken to them and and they, they've said, you know, I'm not going to do anything. and I'm not going to write or I'm not going to put anything on until all of this is completely over. Yeah. Or, or you know, I'm, I'm just not going to do it because there's no point. And, but Phil's just the complete opposite. Yeah, I he, know. He, he, do, he, doesn't, he doesn't care. He, like, to him, and I agree, you know, this is the most pivotal time to put work on. <laughs> like, if you're not trying you know you like that's not to say you know if you're not doing it you know you're not doing anything but I think it's so it's so amazing for him to be like no I'm gonna do it and and it's it's just so yeah it's so admirable and also to know that it's it's for nothing other than for the passion and for his art yeah like it's not it's not you know he knows that and he knows and we know that we you know, we're not going to make a fast buck doing this at all. No, he gave them away, didn't he? Yeah, they were free. They were a send out to people to be like, and then, you know, and he's publishing them and for, you know, they're they're an amazing resource for, you know, young actors and and draw and, you know, people that are going for drama school to have like a book of kind of 15 original Philip Ridley monologues, you know. (laughs) I'd, I'd go and do that for a drama school audition in a heartbeat. Oh, definitely. Philip Ridley's monologues are the best. You know, anyone. Yeah. Now I look back on it, the thing that I went to go and take into my bloody drama school audition monologue is rubbish. What was it? Oh, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I caught you. The guy, the, what I, the writer that I used, I like, I, I quite like him, but oh, the yeah, monologue yeah. I chose, well, one, I don't think I did it that well. We don't want to throw anyone under the bus here. No, not yet. Right, yeah. <laughs> there must be um, a lot of <laughs> high up people persuading Phil not to uh, release his new plays yet for, for financial and business reasons. And he just doesn't Ooh. get a toss about any of that, does he? He, he doesn't. Just, he just he just is sees the art and wants to tell stories. And that's why I love him. He, it's And I've spoken to him so many times where he's kind of said about you know, certain things of people have wanted to adapt certain things or, you know, they wanted to do certain things with his work and he said no. And it's because something that he's created is purely for that form. Mm. And he and he doesn't want to dirty it by, you know, transferring it or 
Like, do you know what I mean? It's so particular. Yeah. There's so I don't I don't know how inclined I am to like leak these things out to the world. <laughs> I don't want to get a phone call or Phil tomorrow going, "What the bloody hell have you said?" We can edit it out after. You know, we're, we're, we're all friends here. Spill the beans. Spill the no, beans. I won't. I won't. I won't say too much. But, you know, certain certain shows that that directors or people have wanted to put them in certain spaces or certain things that have, people have wanted to adapt. Yeah. Into, into certainly movies that he, you know, he probably would have made a lot of money. But yeah. he's so he's got so much integrity. It's it's yeah. admirable. And I mean, I just sometimes I ask him like, why the fuck have you not made that into a movie? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. And put me in it. Yeah. And me. <laughs> and and Steve there and Luke, yeah, they can see everyone. <laughs> and push pam, obviously. Anyway, right. <laughs> I can see time, time's running out. Um look, I, we have to um move on to uh, the Phil's most recent masterpiece, the poltergeist. It was I, 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 I loved it. I thought you were terrific in it. Like you Fleece of Blue Yonder has been cancelled. He's written you a monologue. You've done the monologue. Then what? Do you think that's it? And then how does Poltergeist come about? I was, I was on my way to work. Um, I'd, I'd had a call from, I'd, I had a text from Veebs the day before being like, I'd like to call you about something, uh, if that's okay. And I was like, yeah, cool, cool, yeah. I didn't know what it would be. And I was on my way to work in, in Richmond to work at the pub that I work at. And I'm sat outside this coffee shop and then she tells me that, you know, Phil's written this piece called The Poltergeist and that they'd like me to do it. And I'm like, and this is when lockdown, you know, we're out of lockdown. We, at this moment, we don't know that the third one is going to come and that is, that is going to be put on at Southwark Playhouse in person and we're going to do this thing. And, you know, I was just, I, I remember, I, I was just like, she was like, do you want to do it? I was like, yes, 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 I want to do it. What you, you know, of course I want to bloody do it. And I got off the phone and I phoned my mum, you know, I was so kind of amazed. Um, and then, you know, that, that, I mean, then that, that, then that changed again. And then we had to then change it so that it was, um, so then it was just filmed. And so it wasn't for, it wasn't the live iteration. We then did the recorded, we did it streamed. So, 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 yeah, yeah, I know, but, but, but this was a straight offer then. You didn't audition. You got no, from Phil. No, it, it was, yeah. With Complete. a monologue the size of a house. Did, yeah, you, it, did you shit yourself? I completely <laughs> and utterly shit myself. It was, <laughs> oh God. It, yeah, I mean, it was, she, I, I think one of my first questions on the phone to her was, how long is it? Because I'd just done. I'd just done Star, well, kind of a few months before. And that was, you know, that was hard to learn. It was quite a lot of pages. And I said, how long is this one? And she said, oh, it's about 25. And, <laughs> and that, so, so in a play, like, say, so you know, when you get a book, a play, they're kind of smaller, aren't they? The play, I think, is about 60 odd pages. So when people say, when you say 20, it doesn't really do it justice. But this is like 25 solid pages of A4. And yeah, it was like, oh my God, how the hell am I going to learn this thing? This absolute beast. But I, I remember reading it for the first time and just being bowled over by it again, as mm. I always am with his writing. He, he, he just supersedes my expectations every time. 
and I, whenever I finish reading one of his pieces, I, I feel, I always feel so changed and I felt so changed by this because it's so different to some of his other stuff in the way that it like seemingly like not that much happens, but everything happens. Yeah. Um, and the way that he kind of perfectly captured the feeling of, you know, what's, what was going on in the world at the moment, but without having yeah. to refer to a lockdown, <laughs> you know, we saw so much stuff on telly about, you know, lockdown, lockdown plays, lockdown this, lockdown, yeah. let's, let's, let's do a, let's do a series where, you know, people are in lockdown, but like he perfectly, you know, he did it all and with, without ever doing any of that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's so different. Like you say, you know, to sum it up, it's a young guy that goes to, you know, his niece's birthday party, which is, you know, not very, um, Philip Ridley, but then all his stuff is uh, obviously is personal. I think on last yeah. week, Steve, you were talking to Matthew about how personal uh, it is, and we talked about Vincent River, etc. But I mean, this one particularly, from uh, this one really cuts it's, deep, doesn't it? It's so it, personal yeah. to the point where you know, I mean, I'm sure you won't mind me saying this, but. Are not understood by his family, you know, a gay man, yeah. uh, 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 artist. He went to art yeah. school, you know, it's it, it even written like a painting, which I was speaking to Ali Hanja, who's on the call, um, about how, uh, you know, when you read it, it's all like, it's all, it's all so imagery. And I mean, this really, he's really gone in with himself. Oh, completely. Giving... It's kind of, it's just dotted with things throughout, you know, about his life and, I'm sure there's so many things that I didn't pick up pick up on. Um, so I, um, the, I, I'm skipping forward here, but the day before we opened, um, he he sent me an email, a picture. He sent me a picture, and it's he said, "This is me in my high chair," and it's a picture of him in his as a. I think he's probably about he's a he's a baby. He's like two, and it's him uh, painting. It's a black and white picture of him as a kid painting. And there's a reference to it in the play. Um, it says, you know, sitting in my chair, drawing. Um, and it, it, <laughs> no, it really hit home to be, you know, to be in, uh, entrusted with kind of something like that, that is kind of so honest. And so, you know, I think elements of it, you know, confessional and, and so bold, you know, it was, it, it was, <laughs> yeah, really amazing. Yeah um it, it it was it was it was great and you know what um for me like the the, the text was the, the play's fantastic and you you were fantastic but one thing i really loved was how you shot it now if anyone got to see it for me it was like it they weren't trying to film it as a film it wasn't it was it was almost filmed like you you had the best seats in a theater you know you're right up close in the front row and you're seeing everything, and I and I loved how it was filmed, honestly. And that was done last minute because, as you say, I mean, I had tickets to come and see you in Suburb Playhouse, mm. and that was cancelled. Then it was, then suddenly, within you know a short space of time, you're having to surely rework all of the blocking 
Yeah. And then when, as, a, as, as a near on close. Yeah, there was four, there were four cameras and it was, and you know, when, you know, when, 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 as an actor in fr acting in front of the camera, you, you know, you kind of have an, you kind of have a, you know, you're kind of told to shrink, aren't you? You know, you're told to kind of put everything through this kind of laser beam and make it kind of smaller or, you know, more natural. And so there was elements where I was doing that and Phil was like, no, no, resist it, resist it, bigger, 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 like, because it's theatre. And he was so, you know, he was so clear with that, that, you know, this, even though it's film, it filmed, it's, it's theatre. And he was so, like, insistent on that. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of merger of art forms was, is, you know, a testament again to, you know, what, what he wanted to do. His vision is so strong. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was really strong. I mean, it's, um, and, and how long did you have to turn that over from, from? I think we, I think we probably had about, a, a, the re-choreographing re is probably all in all, probably about a week and a half, two weeks. That's mad. To, 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 and it, but it really, I think it really aided the show in a weird way to kind mm. of the kind of choreography and to be like, because the show is kind of the way, you know, it's like you said, it's a kind of firework and how kind of erratic it is. But to, as the actor, it was quite helpful to kind of have these focus points of cameras. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, but how, I mean, did Phil wasn't in the room, I presume. Was he, on, was no. he at the back on a Zoom screen or what? Oh, no, no he doesn't Zoom. He, do, he doesn't Zoom. Zoom. He doesn't of Zoom. Course. So, so that must have been mad. How, how was, how was that? Well, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's so, you know, as, as the actor and as Phil, like knowing Phil, he wants to be so present in, in the process. Um, he wants to, you know, he wants to be constantly in dialogue and in contact with the director and, you know, and, and with his actors. And so it must've been infuriating for him, but, you know, I, I, I did speak to him kind of throughout the thing, but very sporadically and everything would be through Veebs. So he would have massive long phone calls with the director and then Veebs would come in every day <laughs> with, okay, we, we need to change this or, okay, we've got to change that. <laughs> and there would be, you know, like there is in, every time I've worked with him, so many kind of small moments that just like, I'm just not getting <laughs> that we just have to rework to get the angle or get it right. Oh, it was, yeah, it was a nightmare. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've had I've had some fantastic. I mean, one thing I I, I do want to talk about is just, I mean, it kind of overarches my kind of whole working relationship with Phil, and and I think captures um, you know, what he's about um, is that every time I've worked with him, it seems like the challenge has got bigger, mm. um, and he's pushed me more and more, and every time, you know. I think every time in the rehearsal process, I've probably had some sort of, this is gonna, this is gonna not, you know, this could, this could be terrible. This could be absolutely terrible. Like, you know, what if I dry? What, you know, I'm, 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 am I just not getting it? You know, it, it, this is too much. You know, he's, he's, he's over, you know, you have, as, a, as the actor anyway, you have so much like kind of inner turmoil like with self, you know, self-worth or, you know, whether you think you're good enough or whatever. And there'd be so many phone calls with Phil 
where he'd just be like, look, is like this kind of tipping point where like everything could just boil over and go to pot is is the is the place where the most interesting stuff happens um and i yeah i i've and i i i the funny thing is he says it every rehearsal process and i need him to tell it to me every rehearsal process i like i have to like i have to hear it there were so many hard days in in the poltergeist rehearsals where you know just because i one just lines like just getting the thing um <laughs> i couldn't get there and i wasn't getting the rhythm or i wasn't getting what i needed what i thought it needed to be and so i it would just you know i'd just be like i can't do this and then he'd just be like you're you know you're at that point you're you're you're, <laughs> you're at the crisis point but this is where the magic happens <laughs> and i think that's right that kind of that that perfectly encapsulates what he wants to do that kind of tipping point of you know this it could be dreadful and it could be you know defining yeah and i think ho hopefully that's what some of what we've done is hopefully well it certainly um, is mate because you know it was the critics choice in the new york times and it won the new award at the off west end awards for best live stream so so yeah i think so so it's definitely done it's definitely done that i tell you i i hope so yeah and and, and so seemingly it's, it pays for off play, for a fringe play I, I know it's philip ridley but to be in in the for the new york Crit critics yeah is, um is, is is quite remarkable so yeah. so, so, so uh so thanks for thanks for torturing me phil yeah <laughs> i'm sure he'll be listening in when it's up and live on the website <laughs> Um, look, I, I, I have, I, I've, I've gone quite over talking to you. I, I do want to open it up. If it overruns maybe 10 minutes, Joe, are you all right? To yeah, of course. Questions? Yeah. Because I think there might be some questions out there. There we go. Alejandra, over to you. Hello. Uh, congratulations, by the way, on the show. I watched it. I thought it was amazing on Poltergeist. Um, I was just wondering, like, as an actor, how did you, how did you begin like to approach that script like and how long maybe did it take to learn I suppose oh well thank you thank you so much for watching I really appreciate it um I mean it was so I mean I think I actually think I'm rubbish at learning lines um I have to kind of get it in my body so much so it's a lot of it's just repetition 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 I just ha kind of have it in hand and I'm just kind of up walking around my bedroom like an absolute madman um and and in my garden as well just kind of trouncing about um doing it over and over again i think that one to do it properly from end to end that i think that was about a month um to learn that um and then even then it was <laughs> it was touch and go but i mean with phil's work I think that that it he give he's so amazing because he's such a you know he's so specific he's such a specific writer nothing that he does is is chance so like the way in which he structures his 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 writing and the way that you view it on the page much like Charlie said like it you know it kind of looks like a painting it gives you the kind of clues and ins as to what is demanded of you as the actor. And so 
you can kind of see where the lulls are and where the spaces and where the beats are and then when he wants you to go and then how the language changes and when the drum solos kick in and when the kind of sounds start becoming more kind of and the sibilant s you know and that kind of alliteration that's that's where it kind of kicks in it, it's you know it's like like his language is so no you know you can feel it it's so like malleable and kind of squishy and well not squishy like bitey like diamonds and so like being really specific and really listening to him you know well on the page it's it's I think that's where it all starts and a lot of the process and a lot of kind of playing around with that just learning the lines like getting the specifics of the text really kind of helped me and then kind of bleed into me as the actor I think um if that kind of answers your question <laughs> yeah no it does it's just like I was watching it I was like I wonder like if it was me I'd probably like the day before be like stressing like I don't know about forgetting oh, don't worry, I was. something yeah I was oh completely like you are as the actor <laughs> completely that's the thing is you like you watch these things like you watch one man shows and like you're like god the person looks so comfortable yeah but like I wasn't okay <laughs> like you the, that's hopefully that's the control like do you know what I mean like but inside there's that inner turmoil, but then it all kind of aids it. Like that's much like any of the way that Phil's work makes you feel like the kind of turmoil or like you feel like, oh my God, like I can't bloody do it, but it's kind of right. And it kind of gives you an in into the work and the way he wants it. Like that kind of crises that I was having kind of learning it was kind of, um, you know, reflective of what the piece is. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's just given me like this 25 page monologue to be like well if we need him to break down at the end just give him 25 pages to learn <laughs> <laughs> oh dear thank you <laughs> pleasure <laughs> um push pan hi that's the um Joe, that was really fascinating and um, i'm gonna probe you a little bit more um i haven't seen a play but the way i read this was actually to say it out loud and i mm. i relate to what you're saying now because there is a rhythm i'm you know i i write a little bit of poetry and i could just see it being quite poetic and it, it really does come alive when you actually say it so it's nice to hear you talk about um it bleeding into you mm. and repeating it but I, I'm really intrigued by the sort of 25 page sort of master fest that was in front of you. Did you literally say, right, I'm going to learn this page to this page today and just basically just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it? And Pretty did you, much. And did it, did it, did that in itself feed into what you were going to do or doing in the moment, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so much of like certainly like prep and rehearsal for me, like kind of line learning and process is all kind of one mesh. Um, it's not kind of a separate entity for me. Like I feel like I'm working and understanding and playing with a text when I'm learning lines. Like it doesn't feel like I don't like I don't feel like I'm 
I, I do go off to say, you know, I'm learning lines, but at the same time, like when I'm learning, I might stop on a moment and be like, I want to interrogate this moment more because that I can feel like something is afoot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would kind of be like, okay, this page today. And then I would, I would just rattle it off to myself and, you know, kind of up or down. And then I would bounce it off like, um, my girlfriend or my or my housemate or something <laughs> if they would be willing to listen yeah, I, I found out that if I have a shower there's that that's my most effective method so I'm always down <laughs> showers um, yeah I, I do great acting in the shower so the, <laughs> going bit deeper into that yeah about um the line learning so I've um my experience is just Meissner and you know the the technique that tom radcliffe has, has spoken about is learn your lines as a monologue but when you've got a 25 page monologue that's that's a pretty mean feat mm. do you the, these breaks that you were saying that you were having um and this is my sort of last question is do you go and do some kind of text analysis um at all or do you just you or did you just go with the rhythm of what was being said yeah i mean i think so say if I had, if I've got 25 pages of a Philip Ridby monologue yeah. and then you've got 25 pages of the yellow pages, uh, you, are, you, are going, you are going to be far, it's far easier to learn a 25 page Ridley mm. because he is so, like, because he is so kind of clear in his rhythm and also with the poltergeist there's there's a kind of the way the journey happens and the way the narrative happens it kind of lends into your 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 you know your kind of learning process because there's like location okay I'm going to this room and then he goes into that room and then he talks to that person so like you know like when they talk about those memory tricks mm -hmm. about like when people are like when like when people have got like packs of cards and they're like, they can like rattle off a whole packs of cards. It's because they've got a whole story in their back pocket. So it's like, oh, ace is for, and I went to the, you know, do you know what I mean? So there was kind of that, I think that, that kind of lent into it is like, you're, you're so clear on kind of, you know, the, the narrative of the story and, and what you're trying to say and, and, and do that the lines then kind of bleed in and you go, okay, because I've just been in that room, then I have to go to the garden. And that in the garden, I'm going to speak to these two people. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that rhythm, and he kind of, he, he, he kind of sprinkles stuff throughout in his writing where like there's rep repeated, um, you know, sounds or, or, and rhythms and repeated phrasing. So then you your brain weirdly kind of, it's so weird. It just feels like he his text kind of wires into you and really gets into your head and body. No, exactly. Because I was just when I was reading it, I was like, oh my god! Now I feel because I didn't actually cotton on to the guy being a gay man. I just thought, God, this is me just having a complete fucking Barney. But it's I, but I, um, that's what I mean. It kind of tr completely transcends that. It's just, I feel like everyone has been in that situation of like the party, like and those people. Like it, <laughs> it was just that uh, you know I wondered whether you did any text analysis to like deepen meaning or did you just go through the um, 
the the text saying the text so much that it just sort of you know is that what you meant by bled into you yeah I, I mean obviously the repetition of the of the text really helps and then I would do kind of a, a degree of textual analysis usually like kind of outlining things or or just kind of pinpointing moments that I liked but then there's like I don't feel like with Phil's work that I have to kind of go crazy or like I don't have to in, I don't have to invent subtext right. like it's so it's so like it's so different to like say when I get a tv script like then I have to like I have to beat it and I have to kind of say you know I'm saying one thing but subtextually I'm kind of thinking something completely different that actually on the page doesn't even look like it's there so it's it I feel like so much of everything that you need textually is 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 in there and so you don't have to invent anything and the analysis is kind of just you know in front of you and reading it it's it's very I mean the bomb like he's so specific but he's so chaotic yeah it felt very visceral actually but yeah thank you so much that was really helpful thanks pleasure um Jess hello how are you hey um I have a question about the characters how do you set because you got a lot of characters in Poltergeist now I didn't see it but I read it and oh, great as I was as I was reading, I, I watched Star, which I loved, but there's more characters in Poltergeist. And I was like, how do you do you separate them out and kind of practice like their their or you know, like how because it's a bit like an audiobook in a way. You have to discriminate between who's who so that mm. the audience knows who's talking. How do you separate out those characters? Because that <laughs> that was the thing I went. Oh my God. So <laughs> yeah, this actually, actually this does kind of refer back to the, the last question as well. So it's so weird as an actor, you can, you do textual analysis, then you finish the play and then you forget all about it. And then you're like, oh God, yeah, I did do that, didn't I? So like when I first got the piece, um, actually I had, I, I went through every, every kind of everything because there's so many people speaking and I was like okay well first of all I need to figure out who the hell is speaking and when so I signed colors for every character and I'd be like okay you know that's Neve talking orange so I would go through like that and I think when you either read it or when you see it you you get such a strong image of these people and we would have dedicated sessions me and the director where we would play around and be like, okay, who's Neve? And then we would be, and I would be like, oh, I think she's kind of like, you know, I think she's kind of like bit housewives of Cheshire. Um, and then, then my director would be like, oh, she reminds me of um, my hairdresser. <laughs> so, and then we would kind of share these things and then I'd kind of create a voice. And then I, it, would, it would be so hard because it, it, I think if you saw the play, it's so it's quite clear. Like we completely differentiate. I do a different voice for every character, so I've got my voice for Sasha, and then for Dougie, it's more a bit like that. Like he talks a bit like that, and then Neve talks a bit like this, and like it's, <laughs> so, and and then it was trying to 
it was trying to rewire my brain and like the choreography of being like that line I've got to speak like this and then I talk like that and then I talk like that and it was just it was so hard and I wasn't getting like and then you do and then I've got to do a different voice for Mrs Kulkarni and there's so many different people coming at you at different angles um but yeah it's just the differentiation of the character like once we kind of got up in the space and kind of okay if I'm here for Sasha and then I kind of come down for Dougie and he's more like that and then if I'm up for Neve and kind of you know that differentiation of it's completely differentiated within self and so hopefully it becomes clear who's speaking <laughs> but it was a it was a mad journey if that helps. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It was the lemon drizzle cake. I was just like, that is it. Like, like that, that whole, because it's so fast. It was like, that I, That would make my brain melt out of my ears. If I tried. No, it was, that was, yeah. You Like, once I had the voices and we knew the voices, it was just constantly drilling and drilling and drilling that section to, to one, just be like, I have to make that voice on that part, on that line, that voice, that line, that voice, that line, that voice, that line. And then once you've got the, it's like Phil says it a lot, actually. It's like learning a tap dance and you can't, you know, you can't do the whole tap dance if you don't have the steps, you know, like I can't perform it well without the steps. So I've got to learn the tap really slow and do all the stuff shit. And then eventually I can do a really amazing, glorious dance where people are like, oh, wow, that was, you know, that was really hard. And I was like, yeah, because I, <laughs> I practice the dance. <laughs> um, Steve. Hey, it, you'll have to forgive me if my microphone isn't working. It's a new set of headphones. It's good, it's good. I'm good. good. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was interesting when you were talking about um, the way it breaks down when you go to a different place and different places and everything. It, was it almost like different scenes inside your head that you you created? Like, okay, well, that's this scene is here, and then this scene is there. But that's not my actual main question. My main question is, whilst it's amazing to have a resource like Philip Ridley there while you're rehearsing the piece, were there any moments where you would have preferred to take a different part, but felt like <laughs> because the writer was there, you had to sort of do what he said was the intent? I mean, I'm not saying you had a fight with him, but was there any sort of <laughs> sense of? Uh, could, I mean, could I maybe could I maybe turn my head to the left for this? <laughs> yeah, no, is it, there were definitely some, you know, and I think kind of, is it? It's interesting doing something like Mercury Fur, for instance, when I did it first, is so different to doing a new piece of writing like the Poltergeist, where Phil has never done it before. Mm. So he's written it, but he he doesn't even know particularly what it is yet until he sees it. And so I remember in the first, in the first kind of instance of the uh, rehearsals and with the characters, he was like, okay, we want like, like make them like really big, kind of really charactery. And so me and Veebs took that and ran with it completely. And we're like, okay, great. They're going to be like, them. fuck it. They're going to be like panto figures. Like, and and then <laughs> Media Del Arte Phil, sounds better yeah exactly <laughs> yes there we go there you go a man a cultured man not like myself 
Um, <laughs> and then, so we did that. And then <laughs> he saw it and he was like, oh God, it's way too big. It's dreadful. <laughs> so, and then I was like, come down, though, it, it was, it was the last few days actually, where I wasn't having direct contact with Phil. He would co- have contact with, the, with Thebes and he'd, he'd be like, we need to change that bit. And I'd be like, we can't change that bit. We're opening tomorrow. <laughs> like, so, like, but, but oh, like overall, like, I think I, I very, I very rarely disagree with him. Like, I can be like, oh, can we not change that just because it's easier for me? And I've learned it that way. But I think overall, I can, I can see his vision and I, I have complete and utter faith in him. Um, this is the bit where I've, you just remembered he's watching his back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I very, I very, I very <laughs> rarely, I very rarely, um, you know, don't take his advice or, or don't, don't do what he tells me. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you, really? <laughs> Pleasure. Um, and lastly, we'll go to Luke. Hello, mate. I uh, just wanted to say thanks for doing this. It's been really brilliant. Um, but what I wanted to ask was like when you read any of Philip Ridley's work, like you and Charlie were saying, it kind of paints so many pictures in your head that you kind of, when you read it, you almost feel like you know exactly how you do it. I wanted mm. to ask with the work that you've done, how much of it has like that first instant when you read it, how much of that has then gone into the final piece? Oh, that's, oh good question. Um, I mean, yeah, you do get, you do get such a strong kind of overall feel. I don't know if I have a complete, complete painted picture of like what I want my performance to look or feel like there's just, well, there's more of like a general kind of feeling or, you know, a development as you go on throughout the process of kind of unearthing these characters and and these words. And as you understand the text more, you know, the demands of what, he's telling you to do um kind of become clear um i don't think <laughs> i don't think i've ever veered too far to the left in my original instance that my performance is all the way over to the right <laughs> but it's yeah no it, it it's um it, it yeah it's 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 a weird one i mean i yeah i don't know what like it's so weird, isn't it? Like as, as the actor kind of prepping for a role, you obviously always have your eye on, you know, opening or shows or show that, but within the rehearsal process, I think it's really kind of practical to, you know, you've got step A, you've got step B and then you've got C and you've got to do A, B, C. You can't do A and then C. You've got to go through all of the rubbish and the crap in between and the torture to get to that kind of pinnacle. And sometimes you won't know what it's going to be. Like, we did not know how well received this play was going to be at all. And I didn't know if what I was doing was good. Um, I, had, I, had, I, have complete and utter, I had complete and utter faith in my director and the writer, because I think they're amazing. But I didn't know if what I was doing was any good and especially in the poltergeist where we didn't have an audience (laughs) so that was kind of the doubled (laughs) like i was like is it like 
you'd make a joke about screaming into the void and I was. Yeah. <laughs> if that kind of answers your question, I'd yeah, yeah, <laughs> pleasure. Just yeah, that reminds me. Doing that without an audience, there's no there's there's just no recognition there at all to no um, it settle it any was... insecurities that may arise. Yeah. <laughs> Even a, a laugh or you, you can always get a sense of an audience, can't you? And to not have that is, is mad. That was a there's, there's a weird, I've spoken about it a couple of times with some people, but there's a weird thing about the play kind of, you know, it doesn't let you, it doesn't let you breathe in a way. Mm. It's, it, um, you know, it's just, a, it's unforgiving. It's relentless. It just keeps on rolling. And that, you know, that sense of not do, you know, doing it in a black box in a theatre without anyone, it kind of doubled that for me, you know. There was no sense of leakage. There was no relief of, you know, that moment's funny or you're doing really well, Joe. It's it's um, mm. it's just like <laughs> you're in this void and and you're doing this thing. But then it, I think I hope I think it makes the payoff bigger because it it makes it more. Oh, I don't know. It's it's almost dirtier in a way because there's no there's no one there to share it with it's, it it was weird not to say that i wouldn't want an audience i bloody love one but <laughs> but that that was a really weird experience and i think it would be a completely different entity if we had one mm. well look the time has just run away with us and it's yeah i just want to say thank you very much joe it is really insightful and great listening to you and thanks everyone for joining we're going to get this up on, on my website soon. If you want to catch up on any previous sessions we've had, they're all up there, you know, um, uh, as, as a gift. You can, you can listen to, to uh, Matthew Lloyd's one on Philip. But um, again, Joe, thank you so much for coming on board this. I really appreciate it. And it was, it, you, were, you were terrific, mate. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's Great. so nice to do this stuff and... Um, speak to you Charlie because you're an amazing man and <laughs> this is an amazing thing that you're doing and thank you everyone for coming it's so it's so nice to share a virtual room with um, fellow creatives and stuff so it just yeah. it really makes you you know count your lucky stars <laughs> well thank you very much and uh, thanks to everyone else have a have a lovely evening and see you all again soon <laughs>